You wanted to see me, Miss Swinton? Have you been hearing about the new government modernization efforts? AI, RPAs, data science. Things are changing at this agency, and people will need new skills. Oh. I'd like you to get some training. Huh. Look at this management concepts catalog. Wow, over 275 courses. That's right, in local classrooms or instructor-led online classes. We still have budget in this fiscal year, so sign up online. Advance your career with courses from Management Concepts. Get a catalog at managementconcepts.com or call 833-578-8466. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello everybody and welcome back. Thank you very much for joining me. Last week I shared with you the experiences of our investigation team when they were in the area of Bempton Cliffs in Yorkshire and the military installation set on the edge of the clifftops. This week we are looking at cryptid reports that also take place on Military of Defence land. The Ministry of Defence is one of the largest landowners in the country operating over an estate approximately equal to 0.14 of the UK land mass. There are also 15 national parks in the UK, 10 in England, which cover over 10% of the land area, three in Wales, covering 20% of the land area, and two in Scotland, which covered 7.3%. Now, national parks are large areas of land that are protected by law for the benefit of the nation. Then, there are over 4,000 sites of special scientific interest in England, covering about 7% of England's land area. Over half of them, by area, are internationally important for the wildlife and designated as special areas of conservation or special protection areas or Ramsar sites. Now, there are also many areas of land that are owned by the church and the universities here in the UK where you would need written permission or a permit to visit them, which total a very large amount of land that is not accessed by the general public and is often left to nature, ideal habitat for a cryptid to utilise, remaining elusive for the main. Sometimes we do catch the odd one out as they move quickly through an area, although not quickly enough. Tonight, I'd like to look at some of the cryptid reports that have been reported on Ministry of Defence land. As one question I am often asked is, do the government know about cryptids? And the short answer, I believe, is yes, they must do, as cryptid creature encounters have been reported by army personnel over the years. People have also made reports to the newspapers and the police. Last month, I told you about the wild man who was captured on Dartmoor and then delivered to a hospital to be sedated until he was then moved again by military police 
We're not sure on which part of Dartmoor he was captured in, but there's lots of military defence land on Dartmoor. So it would seem, we could speculate, that that's maybe where he was found. Now, nothing was ever heard about the wild man or his captors. No doubt the whole event was covered up and tucked away nicely. But there are reports from army personnel who have reported what they saw to their superior officers. One case happened on Salisbury Plain in 2002. The witness's name was George Price and he reported something that took place which has lived in his mind, he said, as clear as day for all these years. It happened in September 2002 when George was serving in the army and he wrote, We were on exercises on Salisbury Plain. I was a commander in the turret of our tank and we were advancing to contact our warriors. I was scanning the landscape when I turned to my five o'clock and I looked right at a large ape-like figure. It looked scared because of the noise from the engines and the tanks moving at speed all around. I couldn't blink my eyes, so I punched my gunner to look at it because he couldn't hear me over the engine noise. We both saw it run into a nearby prickly shrub. Its fur was similar to an orangutan in colour and in length and in the flow of it. Its face looked black or darkish, but I couldn't see its facial features being too high at an angle above it. It was more the gait that stood out, the way it moved. It was very fast and it seemed to run with large strides. Its height was impressive too. It must have been six foot plus, but it seemed to run with its back low, almost bent over. It was an amazing sight to see it disappear into the shrubs. I kept staring at the spot as my tank was moving away, but it never emerged again. It was as if there was a hole below that bush that it dived into. I observed the area at a distance for a while via the tank's optics, but nothing else was seen. It must have been terrified to move with half the British Army tearing up Salisbury Plain around it. I told my superiors as soon as we stopped, but it was laughed off, so I never mentioned it much after that. I did ask my gunner about it, and he said that he'd seen it, but not well enough to describe it. It's bothered me to this day, so I thought I'd share it. I wish I'd stopped to see it now. It was right next to me. It was very strange. Now, I was lucky enough to speak to George's granddaughter over YouTube a couple of years ago now. She commented on a video that I made about Salisbury and said her grandfather is still adamant about what he saw that day. I was really grateful that she shared that with me. I also received this report after the show aired. I heard your podcast about the soldiers who saw a creature on Salisbury Plain in 2002. I had a sighting of a similar thing at Camp Mohawk, which is close to Salisbury. It happened in 61 or 62 when I was 11 years old. I've searched for years for anyone who had a similar sighting of a very tall creature with long reddish brown hair. I'm unsure how to describe him. Just like the MOD land at Bempton Cliffs in Yorkshire, where we find reports of upright, green-eyed, yellow-eyed figures, we also get reports of missing people, UFO and craft, and all manner of paranormal reports. The same can be said about Salisbury. Along with the report from George, there are a number of reports of something described as upright, tall and hairy. Two impossible creatures, described by the witness in 2018, 
was seen by a woman and a mum when they were out driving. They both saw two creatures that came from one side of the wooded area in Salisbury, across the clearing and moved into the next woodland area. The witness said, As you drive, you get used to seeing animals or wildlife out here in the fields, but these were not cows or sheep. These figures stood out as odd. They were two really big figures in a faraway field that were standing upright and striding along quite fast together. One was light brown and the other one was darker in colour. They were moving at a fast pace away from us. We were both so shocked, we just kept asking each other if we'd definitely seen that. If they hadn't moved, we would not have seen them. They walked from behind the brush and they were, were heading, it looked like, to the next clump of trees. It felt like they were in our line of sight for a good minute or so before they moved behind another bush in the field. We couldn't see them again after they reached the tree cover. We were both standing outside the car as we watched them. And we left and continued on our way. But both myself and mum are really shook up by what we've seen. Now this is an odd one, a very strange report of a chimera type beast that was seen many times in Salisbury. It was described in many different ways and not one witness seemed to agree on what the animal was. It was described as being cat-like, raccoon-like, kangaroo-like. But what piqued my interest was it was also said to have the gait of a monkey. Another description said it was two feet tall and had a sloping back, suggesting a biped of some kind. There is a historical reference as well to wildmen near Salisbury. And according to the paranormal database, a wild man who lived in the woods near Salisbury Plain was shot at when he attacked and tried to kidnap a local farmer's wife in 1877. And the creature escaped into the dense woodland and was never seen again. A deep, throaty cough, feelings of being watched, stones thrown, being shadowed and chased by unseen figures are all events that have been reported here. And there are also events of UFOs, strange lights that are spotted in the area. I think it's important to mention two further hairy wildman reports from nearby Groveley Woods because they are very close. In 2013, a horse rider saw an upright hairy wild man as she was riding through the woods with her mother. About 50 metres ahead of us, there was a very tall, large, dark figure. I thought it was too big to be a person, around perhaps two to two and a half to three metres tall. When this creature moved, it moved with a speed that was incredibly inhuman-like. And it moved with a sort of loping gait. Some really bizarre UFOs were seen on radar near Salisbury Plain by 11 people, including an RAF wing commander. Alan Turner, OBE, said he and 10 others watched in amazement as six or seven unexplainable blips appeared on radar that they were monitoring. Mr Turner, who was duty military supervisor at RAF Sopley in Hampshire, said it was an explicable event. He said, the duty civil supervisor drew my attention to a situation on radar, the likes of which neither of us had ever experienced. 
You wanted to see me, Miss Swinton? Have you been hearing about the new government modernization efforts? AI, RPAs, data science. Things are changing at this agency, and people will need new skills. Oh. I'd like you to get some training. Huh. Look at this management concepts catalog. Wow, over 275 courses. That's right, in local classrooms or instructor-led online classes. We still have budget in this fiscal year, so sign up online. Advance your career with courses from Management Concepts. Get a catalog at managementconcepts.com or call 833-578-8466. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You wanted to see me, Miss Swinton? Have you been hearing about the new government modernization efforts? AI, RPAs, data science. Things are changing at this agency, and people will need new skills. Oh. I'd like you to get some training. Huh. Look at this management concepts catalog. Wow, over 275 courses. That's right, in local classrooms or instructor-led online classes. We still have budget in this fiscal year, so sign up online. Advance your career with courses from Management Concepts. Get a catalog at managementconcepts.com or call 833-578-8466 from a point some 20 nautical miles east of the eastern extremity of the Salisbury Plain danger area was a series of six or seven blips moving on a southeasterly track, each being separated from the other by about six miles. He said that strangely, at about 40 miles from the point, they appeared on radar. They disappeared, but were followed almost immediately by a replacement at the point of origin. He established that they were about 3,000 feet when they first appeared on radar, but were rising rapidly to be at 60,000 feet once they disappeared, he said. To climb to such a height in only 40 miles was beyond the ability of any fighter aircraft at the time. Mr Turner said he witnessed it and he was with four civil servants and six military controllers who also witnessed it who were on duty at the time. He said, I called Heathrow Radar to discover that they also were seeing a similar picture. The same situation prevailed in the flight control operations room at RAF Netisad, which is near Norfolk. Mr Turner insisted that the Met Office also confirmed that there were no Met balloons or probes airborne at the time, and he could not account for these strange blips. Now, many of you will remember the old TV show, The Krypton Factor, here in the UK. One part of the programme featured an army assault course that the contestants had to beat. Now, the course was part of the army base at Holcombe, not too far from where I live. Holcombe is also the area where the River Irwell starts its course. It's a beautiful area of the country. But sadly, there is MOD land that is not accessible to the public. The land is posted with danger signs and heavy exercises also take place, similar to our first report tonight at Salisbury. I wondered if the exercises were the reason that the creatures revealed themselves. Shelling and tank fire make a lot of noise and disturbance. Is that enough to bring an elusive creature out of hiding? Now, DB is our next witness um, and he was in contact in 2013. He's an ex-serviceman. And he wanted to tell me and Adam about two separate sightings of what he believed is the same creature. The creature was seen over an eight-week period in the 1980s. 
Both events happened while the witness was training up in the hills close to Holcombe. An ideal area for their MOD in the land is posted for mines and artillery. The witness was very wary about sharing these accounts and it's only some of the information that he's happy for me to share. He went on to add that on both nights he was on exercise and was in a position where he was away from the main action about 150-200 yards on the outer perimeter in a guard position. He was well enough away from the heavy use of blanks that he described it as being very noisy and manic. The night was filled with lots of action and noise, he said. He was hoping it'd be over quickly as it was cold and damp and himself and a fellow soldier were lay flat in the underbrush, which was wet and damp. They were both wearing full army camouflage, of course, and were doing their best to stay still and concealed. As they lay still, tucked up in the grass, they both noticed movement off in the distance and they became aware of a foul stench on the wind, which got worse as it came closer to them. They were hunkered down, not knowing what to do, in case this was some kind of test or trick to get them to leave their position, so they stayed put. It was at that point the stench was almost too much to bear, and they noticed a very large, dark, in colour figure that was approaching them in the darkness. Both men thought at first it was someone with a huge backpack or kit bag as the shape of this thing and colour was all wrong for a human until they realised it wasn't clothed at all. He said, it couldn't see us and I'm certain it was unaware that we were both there hiding but it was so hard not to jump up and run off. It was dark, we couldn't make out anything too much until this thing hit a tripwire and a flash went off and we could see it for a split second. He turned to run off and we opened fire, even though the guns were loaded with blanks. It was large, dark and huge across the chest. And I think it had no idea what the, we were there. We had to stay put till we got the all clear. And then we couldn't stop asking if this was a setup or part of an exercise. The next time we had a free time, a small group of us set out to see if we could follow its path and find this thing or where it went. But other than some strange prints that were too smeared to make anything of nothing, there was just nothing seen. It worried me, I'll be honest. So I, ha I wasn't happy when we had to, for the second occasion, do a night manoeuvre. And it was a similar situation. But it was winter now, and there was snow on the ground. I was with a female colleague, and we both lay down on the ground in full camo, again about 200 yards from the noise and action. It was almost exactly the same situation as last time. I couldn't stop playing it over in my mind. I was really scared it would happen again. And as I'm thinking this, I'm greeted by that rank odour. And it was coming from the road below us this time. It was snowing and a large dark creature was coming uphill towards us. I was so scared, I shouted like an idiot and made myself known. And it looked in our direction. The camo must have worked as this creature was looking in our direction but it couldn't see us and it started to move closer still. When it was about 30 feet away, it pulled up sharp as if it sensed to smell us and it snarled and took off running up the hill that was very, very steep. Once again, you couldn't make out much, just the size of this thing and the way it moved. It cleared that hill in about three seconds flat. This time, my colleague didn't stay put, and she was off like a shot running after it. 
And it was easy to see where it went due to the snow. We tracked it. It took us about 10 minutes at least just to get to that top of the hill. And it had climbed it in a flash. There were smudged tracks through the snow, but there was no sign of it. And we returned to our spot and waited to return to camp. I'm still not happy about sharing this. And you know how much grief it caused me the first time I shared it. But I do want to know if anyone else saw anything whilst at that camp or on the hill themselves. There is so much MOD land in the UK. You can't be the only serving personnel that have seen these things. Now, around Christmas New Year holiday of 2008-2009, a dozen or so giant lights were spotted hovering over Holcomb Hill in the Peel Monument. And the Peel Monument is known for its paranormal reports. But the lights were initially, had been separate and they came from different directions, but they all came together over the hill with even spacing in a small grid where they remained still for an hour. From people posting on Facebook, it would seem the giant lights had been there quite a while and they came together from different directions. One which report said, I watched the lights above the hill, not moving, and was messaging on Facebook getting many replies from people seeing the same thing. After watching it for about 10 minutes, the lights began to rise and fall at a reasonably fast speed before they split apart and in odd-numbered groups, they set off in different directions at various heights. Some headed north in the direction of Rottenstall, whilst a single one set off very quickly in the direction towards Winter Hill in Bolton. Three, or it could have been four, set off slowly at first, but picked up speed towards Berry. On October 13, 1997, at around 9.20pm, a bright white light was seen above the town of Holcombe. The light was eventually seen to have moved off southwards towards Saddleworth Moor. In our next case, we moved to Ireland, where a report was made a number of years ago now by a hiker in the area. The creature in this report was followed but what can only be described as army personnel due to the clothing and the kit that they were wearing. This happened on the 7th of December 2015. I'd been hiking since 2004, mostly alone and all over Ireland. And in December of 2015, I was in a very remote and isolated area of the Sparring Mountains. I'd walked to three hilltops surrounded by dense forest and I'm heading back uphill towards a tree line to my car when I saw something very tall and large moving faster than a human behind me about one kilometre away. It was walking heading down the hill towards me on the route that I'd just taken. Now I'm not easily spooked but I didn't hang about as I'm of the opinion that whatever that was if it wanted to it could have caught up with me really easy. I pondered this for a while now, what this thing could have been, but I haven't a clue what it was to this day. I see people on the hills and the mountains at various distances all the time, but this stood out. Leftovers. Or. The DMV. Number 97. Or. House cleaning. Or. Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Leftovers. Or... The DMV. Number 97. Or... House cleaning. Or... Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That was really strange and its gait was weird. This thing was taller than a six foot tall person at the distance I saw it. It had to be eight feet plus. And as I didn't have a gun, I only had hiking poles. I was not about to wait and find out what it was. My hiking bag now has binoculars added. I have my walk recorded on a GPS unit. I walk all year round in all seasons and weather, from good to zero visibility. And I'm well used to seeing everything appearing out of the mist. But on this walk, I had great visibility. I know about the optical illusions and what lone trees can do when you're out walking. I don't know when I saw that day. All I can say is, the thing I saw, for want of a better word, was out in the open, following a fence down a hill that I'd just left. It was moving in the same same direction as me, and it was moving fast. It was walking upright, on two legs, and it had to be eight foot plus, easy in height. I, I am not one for seeing things, but this was huge, and it spooked me big time. One other thing that was strange was there were camouflaged hunters, like army personnel in the area, which I found strange. But when they saw that I was hiking, they left. I did see them with a map that they were studying, which I thought was highly unusual, as most local hunters know this area and you don't really carry maps. The area I walked in was wet, with some very marshy ground on my first hill, near my starting point, up past the two forests. The hill is known as Carnelli Westop and is 505 metres high. The big thing was coming towards me as I left Carnelli West Top, and it was heading towards Mulligabane Summit, and that's all I can tell you. I actually waited in my car for it coming over the top of Mulligabane, but nothing appeared. Many people have gone missing on this mountain range, and there are many reports of paranormal and supernatural activity. UFOs and strange lights have been reported along the mountain range also. One well-known haunted military base in the UK is RAF Alcumbra, which has a reputation for its ghost activity, as well as reports of UFOs above the base. In 1978, a flight engineer had some strange experiences with lights flicking on and off. Searchlights at the base would go out without any explanation or signs of a fault. Ghostly figures in World War II uniforms have also been reported, especially near a building that had been used as a marcherer. In 74-75, on one evening, a radio call came in, reporting an intruder inside the perimeter fence. It soon became clear that it was no spy. It moved with an unnatural speed and was seen to vault a seven-foot security fence 
with just one giant leap. American sentries were forced to open fire, but wherever it was, disappeared into nearby woods. A serviceman drove to where the shots had been fired, and he saw the figure in the fog. He said he was confronted by a shaggy-haired creature which stood on two legs, and the serviceman later said that the thing screamed at him before racing off at high speed. Now, you don't have to dig far to find other reports of an upright, hairy, two-legged creature that screams, known as the hard-stand monster by some, or by the standing wolf. This account was kindly passed to me by Chris Huff, who is a writer and researcher of all things paranormal. He came across a story when researching accounts for his work in the paranormal areas across the UK. I almost fell out of my chair when I read your intriguing story and the account of the Hardstad monster at RAF Alcumbra. Just tonight, Chris, my father shared with me his stories about the base. I think you'll find my father's experience at this Air Force base in the early 70s very interesting. He was the NCOIC of a group of three men and their dogs. They were charged with guarding bunkers within a large fenced-off area. I believe that nuclear warheads were stored beneath many of those bunkers. One night, my father got a radio call that there was an intruder within the perimeter and that shots had been fired. He tore out in his truck and sped towards the location of the shooting. Seeing a figure in the fog, he pulled over, thinking it was one of his guards. He rolled down his window and was screamed at full in the face by what can only be described as a man-like, bipedal creature. My father nearly soiled himself in fear. In an instant, the thing ran off at incredible speed and my father drove after it. Within moments, it had sped past another of the guards who also fired upon it. He missed due to the fact that he was practically dragged backwards by his guard dogs who were yelping and straining to flee in the opposite direction. The third guard and his dogs were running towards the scene when they turned the corner of a bunker only to be intercepted by the creature running at full speed. As his dogs wailed, the thing hit the taut leashes and pulled them away from his grasp, lacerating a good deal of skin from the unfortunate man's forearm in the process. My father and these men witnessed this creature make a fantastic running bound across the grounds before leaping over two tall, well-spaced barbed wire fences in a single bound. It disappeared into the surrounding woods. My father's description of the creature is a little vague, but in his defence, he only saw it briefly. And as he put it, the whole situation was fast, confusing and difficult to process. The creature was hairy, approximately five foot nine in height. It had intelligent human-like eyes, a flat nose and large ears, and the teeth were large, but not fanged. The lower face was rounded in a way that suggested the look almost of a walrus. The face was narrow around the eyes, but the head flared out again at the top. It had very muscular, frog-like thighs. My father believes that it had reversed articulated legs like a horse. Interestingly enough, my father also shared with me what I think is the same tale of the phantom jet that you described, Chris. Like you, he got the story secondhand. The mechanic involved lost his sanity after witnessing the hard stand monster. 
and he was eventually kicked out of the service, having seen this creature with his own eyes. He fully believed the account. Now, RAF Alcambret itself has many reports of an upright, hairy, humanoid creature, described as either a werewolf, a standing wolf, or a human ape. It is known to run off when spotted into the North Woods, known locally as Monkswood. I have reported on these accounts, but thanks to Chris, I was able to find other reports from serving American soldiers who'd returned to the US and reported their encounters with the hairy hominid at the base. I also found reports made by British men who have served at the base who report the same creature. A mechanic who was carrying out some routine work on an F-5 aircraft parked on the runway went missing whilst doing a job that should have been completed in an hour. When he failed to make a telephone call requesting a lift back from the hangar, a search went out for him. They found him sitting in the aircraft, as white as a sheet, with the canopy closed. And all they asked him many times what he'd seen, he declined to share that information, saying that it had frightened him so much that he refused to go anywhere near that location again. We discovered from another source that the man had seen a terrifying hairy humanoid which had walked past the aircraft. Dennis Prisbe, who was stationed at the base between 73 and 75, told of his colleagues who saw a creature near the north side of the airfield. One sighting of it scared one man so much that he jumped into the cockpit of an aircraft and refused to get out. The creature was also seen climbing over the security fence and entering the north woods. Wellesley Uptergrove, who also saw the humanoid creature, said he tried to pursue it in his truck. He described it as being nine, uh, five foot nine inches tall, with human-like eyes, a flat nose and large ears. Sergeants Lee and Jackson had a terrifying experience one night while on patrol with their two dogs. And they saw some movement near the towers. They called the main gate to check if any workmen were still on site. As they approached the tower, they came face to face with a hairy figure. The dogs stopped in their tracks, absolutely terrified, frantically trying to get away. The truck arrived just in time to see the creature, whatever it was, climbing over the security fence where it was last seen, entering the north woods. One chap reported in a paranormal blog, I encountered a werewolf, for lack of a better description, in England in 1970. I was 20 years old when I was stationed at RAF Alcambra. I was in a secure weapons storage area when I encountered it. It seemed shocked and surprised to have been caught off guard, and I froze in total fright. I was armed with a 3.8, never once considered using it. There was no aggression on its part. I could not comprehend what I was seeing. It's not human. It had a flat snout and large eyes. Its height is approximately five foot, probably 200 pounds. It was very muscular and thin. It wore no clothing and was only moderately hairy. It ran away on its hind legs and scurried over a chain link fence and ran deep into the dense wooded area adjacent to the north end of the base. I was extremely frightened, but the fear developed into a total commitment of trying to contact it again. I was obsessed with it. I was able to see it again a few weeks later at a distance in the wooded area. I watched it for about 30 seconds, slowly moving through the woods. Another gentleman said in 1978, he was stationed with the US Air Force in West Germany and was sent to RF 
Alconbury in England for a 30-day duty. When I mentioned to a co-worker I was going to RAF Alconbury, he told me that he'd been there in 72 when one of the aircraft mechanics and his squadron had been found late one night in the back seat of an RF-4C Phantom jet, supposedly after he died of fright. The story was that a subsequent investigation revealed unexplained scratches on the glass of the canopy of the jet, and this started a rumour circulating that the unfortunate crew chief had been the victim, as what came to be known as the infamous hard stand monster. I can only imagine how hard it must have been for these witnesses. How do you explain to your superior officer what you saw that day? You know, nine foot gorilla looking thing, an orangutan looking thing, upright wolf, a hard stand monster, whatever name you give it, how do you explain it? There's no getting around the fact that these people did speak out and make a report. It made no difference. As far as we are aware, no follow-up investigation was done. There may be mentions of these kind of reports in archives somewhere, but I doubt we'll ever see them, and that's if they've not been covered up. I would love to know just how many serving personnel make reports like this on MOD land. If land stands untouched and alone for long periods of time, it is also usually out in the wilds where exercises don't have too much of an effect on locals living in the area. Our last case tonight takes place on the North Moor at Dartmoor in the southwest of the UK. It was reported to Adam Bird, who allowed me to share it with you. Back then, BBR mostly took reports of Bigfoot-type creatures like the Woodwolves, you know, a British Bigfoot. Every now and again, we were contacted by people who wanted to make an experience known but it was within a creature impossible to describe. I understand what that feels like, so I encouraged Adam to go ahead and speak with the chap, which he did, and he passed across the information to me. I did actually speak to the chap myself over Messenger. So the report takes place at the end of 1982. It was not reported until 25 years later, as the man making the report was really worried about how he would be received by any fellow servicemen coming across the report. He had tried to reveal it in a forum and he'd been absolutely ridiculed and that had closed him up for quite a number of years. Luckily, we were able to put him in touch with some fellow personnel that had made reports of their own. Not all of their experiences were cryptids, I must add. Some were UFO, lights in the sky, woods, missing time, phantom dogs and all manner of strange paranormal experiences. I don't think that matters to the witness. When you've seen something impossible, regardless of what it was, you have empathy for someone else who's seen something. Over time, he opened up and he shared what happened that night. He never put a name to the creature, and when you hear the description, you'll probably understand why. Witness report, David Marsh. That evening, we were on exercises, and we were made up of two opposing squads. We each had a target to reach and had to complete the exercise with a full squad of men. I don't want to go into too much detail, as I think when I explain what I saw, anyone out there that night would probably work out who I was. We were on one side of a heavily wooded area and we were protecting our base that was an old shipping container. The plan was to pick off each man as he neared the base. We positioned ourselves in all directions with two guys up on the roof laying flat. 
We had a number of guys flat on the Philaris floor who would wait until the enemy were in our ambush zone before circling them and then showing themselves. So we waited as the other squad pushed further forward as we picked off each man as he entered the ambush. And from nowhere came the noise of beating wings, really loud and fast wings. And we all looked in the direction the sound was coming from. It was dark with no clouds that night. And it was easy to see this giant bird creature as it swept across the woodland above our heads. None of us could believe what we were seeing. When I say big, I don't mean big like an eagle or a bird of prey. This was human-sized, if not bigger. And the wings were not feathered. They were like the wings of a bat. It had a head, like a goat or a horse. And its legs and feet were thick and hooved. Every one of us was frozen to the spot as it swept above our heads, almost hitting the container. And we ran as fast as we could inside it, slamming the door, hoping this would be enough to make it move off. The entire time it was silent, not a sound other than the sound of its wings overhead. And then it landed on top of the container and we could hear it walking with two legs on the metal roof above us. We were absolutely terrified. All thought of the exercise is gone as we hid until the noises stopped and one of us was brave enough to look outside. We didn't have to wait more than a minute for the other squad to surround us, but they too had seen and heard it. We all reported it to our sergeant when we finally got back to base. It was about 4am by then. So it was easier to suggest that we'd seen an owl with a captured rabbit in its claws. One even suggested we made up the whole thing for a quick way of getting discharged. It's just ridiculous. There was more than 20 men out that night and I guess I'd say around 15 of us saw it. Yet we were not believed and I am terrified people will judge me after hearing this. But at this point, I'm beyond caring. I just want some answers. It must be so frustrating for these people and the ones who witnessed the creature with them. The lass in Oldcombe set off after that creature when she saw it. She must have balls of steel. I would love to talk to her about that night as I'd like to hear the experience from her perspective. If she reported it, no doubt, it would be seen as just female hysterics. It's hard enough trying to report the encounter if you're an ordinary Joe public. But what must it be like for serving personnel? Police officers make reports of cryptids, ambulance men and nurses. How hard must it be for them? Strangely, most of their reports have taken place on our roads and motorway systems at night. They're the folk who drive along them, like lorry drivers. They use the roads at night when they're empty of cards or lights. They see things when we're tucked up in bed at night. Spare a thought for them the next time you drive down a dark and lonely road at night. I hope you've enjoyed tonight's podcast and I will be back next week with reports from government-owned land and some reports that have taken place on prison grounds. Thank you all and every one of you for tuning in each week and thank you to the new listeners. I am eternally grateful to you all and thank you to everyone who clicks like and shares our channel. We also want to thank everyone who has left us a review on their favourite podcast sites. I absolutely love them. 
And obviously this really helps us grow our channel and I appreciate every one of those reviews. So if you enjoy what we do here at BBR, please let people know and share it with them. So until next week, I wish you all adieu. Enjoy your weekend. The sun is shining in Lancashire, so I will be enjoying mine. And I'll be back next week. Good night, everyone. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.